0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Can you believe that it's already the U.S. Open It's even hard for me to believe sometimes. This is the end of the season, technically, for Grand Slams. I mean, there's a lot more tennis to be played after this, and I'll get to that in a few weeks when that tennis comes. But the fourth Grand Slam ends the Grand Slam season for 2022. And boy, has it been entertaining. Rafael Nadal starts it off in Australia with a win, goes on to win the French, and then Novak Djokovic rolls at Wimbledon, and now that lands us to where we are right now. In New York. Now, in classic New York Broadway fashion, there's no shortage of storylines in this year's U.S. Open at Billie Jean King and National Tennis Center in Queens. So well, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with who's not going to be there. And that is obviously Roger Fetter because he hasn't been there literally like all year. But Novak Djokovic will not be playing in this tournament because of CDC rules and not being vaccinated and refusing to get vaccinated, which he's been very open about. In the past, Novak Djokovic will not be entering the United States to play in the U.S. Open, which is a real bummer for tennis in general because he is the I believe he's the best player on the planet right now and just, just his versatility and how he can play. But he hasn't been able to play a lot of Grand Slams this year, and he hasn't been, been able to play a lot of matches, really. So I think the sports really suffered not having Novak Djokovic a part of it. Obviously, there's been other... You know, storylines and other players, you know, getting some limelight, which is good. But Novak Djokovic was on a roll before this whole COVID thing happened. And now uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not making him out to be the victim here, but I'm just saying it's been tough for the sport of tennis because he hasn't been able to defend a lot of his titles and he hasn't been able to play in a lot of these tournaments because of his decision, though, because of his decision not to get vaccinated. So he won't be there. And neither will Alexander Sferov. He backed out because of uh, his foot and ankle injury that he had at Roland Garros earlier this year. If you remember, he was playing, and he slid, tried to slide, and he rolled his ankle, broke his foot. Somewhere along those lines, he had surgery. His rehab seems to be going well from what he's been posting, but he will also not be in New York for the U.S. Open. Who will be there is the number one seed, and that is... Daniil Medvedev. Daniil Medvedev, I think, is playing good tennis at this point, and I think he has he's one of my favorites to win this tournament. I'll get to my pick here at the end, okay? But I think he's a definite favorite to win this tournament. He's the number one seed, so you'd be like, that's an obvious choice, but he hasn't been able to play a ton of tournaments, and he hasn't done well in the tournaments he has played. He didn't get to play at Wimbledon because of uh, Wimbledon not letting Russian or Russians pl- players play in that tournament. And he, he's kind of making a resurgence and, you know, a reappearance this year in New York as the defending champion. So there's an added pressure there. And he's the number one seed and number one player in the world. So I think this is, you know, his real big test of pressure and real big test of a massive challenge ahead of him, especially going into this tournament being such a heavy favorite when you look on paper. I'm not saying how he's playing, but when you look on paper. In his side of the bracket on the top, is Ben Shelton. He did turn pro, the youngster out of the University of Florida who tested the waters of pro uh, tennis in Cincinnati. He did add a few challengers, had a good run at Cincinnati. He has decided to go pro. He will play Borges in the first round, and I believe that's a qualifier. So Ben Shelton will get a test uh, the first two rounds, and if he makes it to third round, he'll run right into Daniil Medvedev, which I think will be very entertaining. Another first-round match you need to keep an eye on on the men's side. We're going right down the list here. Nick Kyrgios, Thanasi, Kokkinakis. I think those two are playing doubles as well. They've won the Australian Open earlier this year. They're like best friends from Australia, and they're playing each other first round, which is hard to believe, but that's the cruel sport of tennis and what it's going to do to you. That will be a night match on Monday. I'll get to some of those matches here in a sec. As we keep going down, other other players I'm kind of looking forward to and first round matches. First round matches back-to-back right here on the top side of the bracket is J.J. Wolf will play Roberto Batista Agut. And Batista Agut is playing good tennis right now. And you look at JJ Wolf, who is also playing a very solid group of tennis, barely lost to Dominic Team in Winston Salem, and I think that's gonna be an incredible first round match. Even though Bautista Gute is ranked number sixteen in this tournament, now Karina Busta, Pablo Karina Busta will play Dominic Team in the first round. Team made it a few rounds in Winston Salem. It's kind of on his comeback tour, so it would be interesting to see how he plays out in this tournament. But he's got an absolute challenge off the bat in Pablo Karina Busta uh, Carino Busta. I think P- PCB has that match, but you never know what can happen. It's the U.S. Open. It's a grand slam. Let's keep looking at some first round matches that you should keep an eye on. You go towards the bottom of the bracket and you have Taylor Fritz playing Brandon Holt. Now, Brandon Holt kind of made a name for himself when he was in the qualifiers and a-, a big time name for himself. Actually, Brandon Holt is the son of Tracy Austin and that's going to be a really good match. It's an All-American match, and he was kind of the face of qualifying this year, I think, because he got so much pub for it, because he is Tracy Austin's son, and he's coming back from a bunch of injuries. So the storylines are literally right in front of journalists. So I think that will be a really good first-round match to watch. Obviously, I think that... I should quit saying obviously, but I think that Taylor Fritz is going to win that match, and I think he's going to go far in this tournament as well. Keep moving down the list. Other good first-round matches, it's good to see... Kyle Edmund is back playing in Grand Slams. Kyle Edmund has kind of been gone a little bit. He's from Great Britain and the UK. So he he's been out a little bit, but he's moving back into this. He'll play Casper Rude first round, which should be probably not a great match, but it's good to see him back in. Some of these matches I'm talking, they're they're just good to, you know, see these names get some get some matches back under their belt. And it's gonna be two big names back on a court. Doesn't mean it's gonna be a great match, but this is what in that in that case, Edmund's not definitely not gonna win this match, I don't think. But Casper Rude playing Edmund, that would have been a good match about five years ago. But it's gonna be cool to see Edmund back on the court with such a high caliber player that Casper Rude is. Hubie Herkoch plays Oscar Rott in the first round. Sam Query plays Ayla Ivashka uh in the first round. And Sam Query I've heard that this is going to be his last Grand Slam, the last U.S. Open, last tournament. So if so, sad to see him go as the American, but man, has he been great for American tennis. Lorenzo Musetti, the Italian, is playing David Golfine in the first round. That's going to be a good tournament, or a good match. I'm excited for that match. That should be a good match. Keep moving down a little bit. And we're going to see Diego Schwartzman playing Jack Sock. I think that's going to be a great match. Schwartzman, he's ranked 14 in this tournament. Jack Sock is unseated. But I think that's going to be a match to watch. That is a great first-round match, and I'm excited to watch that one for sure. Richard Gasquet just got in this tournament after winning in Winston-Salem— or not winning in Winston-Salem, but having a great tournament in Winston-Salem. And Karatsev plays Fognini in the first round. So those are kind of some first-round matches to watch. I'm excited to see some of these matches. I'm excited to see how these quarters play out. Now, I'm going to go through some of these quarters, um, some of these routes to the semifinals, and I'm just going to go through them real quick. In Medvedev's route to the semifinals, there are some bigger names in his you know, quarters section but I don't think there's a ton of real massive threats. Uh, you know, the Karina Busta and Dominic Team are in that section, the Hachanov are in that section, Felix Ogier Aliasim is in that section, Nick Kyrgios is in that section. Kyrgios will actually play right into uh Daniel Medvedev at some point before I think in the quarterfinals they'll meet. So I think that's his biggest threat. But Kyrgios also came out in his press conference the other day and was like, Yeah, I'd be happy if I can just, you know, get this tournament over with and go home. That's typical Kyrios, but I don't think he's gonna take this tournament slightly. I think, you know, he's gonna to try to make a run as fast as he can to the final and then get out of here. I, I firmly believe he's gonna make a real competitive run in this tournament. But I think FAA and Kyrgios are the biggest, you know, threats to Medvedev in that quarter. If you look at Sitsipas's quarter, uh he plays Senego in round two potentially, so that's a real threat. I think Fritz is a threat in that quarter. I think Sebastian Corda and Tommy Paul, whoever wins out of those two in the second round, could be a real threat on that side because they'll play right into Casper Rude, but I, the way Casper Rude's been playing on hard court, I'm not so sure that I have a, bu- a bunch of confidence in him, but I could see Matteo Barrettini. He's the 13 seed coming back from injury. I could see him making a real run at this quarter, but I'm really looking forward to Taylor Fritz, the American in this quarter against Sitsipas, Not saying Sitsipas can't do it, but there's going to be some real battles in there, and I think Taylor Fritz can do it. Um, let's keep moving on to Carlos Alcaraz's quarter. Some big, bigger names in that quarter. Uh, Yannick Sinner's in that quarter. Hubie Herkach is in that quarter. Um, you got guys like, you know, the Musetti and the Gaffin and Dimitrov. So you have some decent names in that quarter. But really, this, this is definitely, I mean, he's a higher seed, but this is Alcaraz's quarter to lose for sure. There's not as many competitors in this quarter as there are in some of those other ones. But Sinner and Herkacz will have to play each other before playing Alcaraz. So there's you know a bright side for Alcaraz if he can make it all the way to the quarters and and get a real, real shot at the semi there is he's going to be playing some tired legs most likely because of who's on the other side of that quarter. Let's get to the last quarter, Rafael Nadal's quarter, the two seed. Are there some threats in this quarter? Yeah, absolutely. I think Rublev's a threat in this quarter. I think that John Isner, the way he's been playing, he's not necessarily a threat to Nadal, but he's a threat to Cam Norrie. Cam Norrie's in this quarter, and I think Cam Norrie is a threat in this quarter. This is going to be really interesting to see from Nadal because there's some there's some guys in here that play different levels of tennis, that he's going to have to adapt to. like He can play right into Karatsev. Karatsev can have a great day any given day. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in this very, very bottom side of the bracket with Rafael Nadal being the two seed. What's interesting about this tournament as a whole is that this is the first time In, I got to see how many years. This is the first time in 19 years that someone out of the big four, which is Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Andy Murray, is seated number one at a Grand Slam. In 19 years, Daniil Medvedev breaks that streak and is the top seed at a Grand Slam. That is, I mean, it's hard to believe. It is really, really hard to believe. Since 2004, this is the first time. The last person to do it. I believe, was Andy Roddick. Yeah, Andy Roddick at the Aussie Open in 2004 was the number one seed. So, I mean, incredible. Another storyline in this tournament. There's a ton of of storylines. It's going to be Rafa in the men's side. It's going to be Rafa going for his 23rd Slam, and it's going to be Daniil Medvedev trying to win back-to-back Grand Slams at the U.S. Open. He won the U.S. Open last year, his first one ever against Novak Djokovic, who was going for the Calendar Slam last year, and it's going to be interesting to see How he defends his title this year. More storylines. Let's get to a few others. On the women's side, Emma Ranakanu is going for her second U.S. Open Grand Slam. Trying to go back-to-back. She won it last year as a qualifier. A massive story coming into this year. How will she build off last year's momentum? On the flip side, someone's been in the sport forever it's her last Grand Slam. It is Serena Williams' last chance at a U.S. Open title and as she evolves away from tennis and really is retiring from the sport. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but that's this is going to be it. So it's going to be interesting to see how she does. She will play Monday night under the lights, and she will be the first match out there just before uh, Kakanakis and Nick Kyrgios take the court so a lot of anticipation a lot of excitement around Serena in this tournament her and Venus are actually playing doubles together uh, they got a wild card so they're going to play doubles in this tournament uh, Coco Goff the number one seed uh, she's the top doubles player in the world it's she's playing with Jessica Pagula that should be a good duo to watch in this tournament on a double side and I think Coco can make a real run not only in singles but but in doubles at this tournament. So that is going to be awesome to watch. And I can't wait to see somebody hopefully make a real, real big run on both sides. Gilles Simone, it's his last tournament and he lost in qualifying. So he's out. And so he won't, he's done playing tennis. He said he's retiring uh, after his final singles match in New York. He had 500 plus wins, career high number six, and he's a two time us open round of 16 players. So Thanks for all you've done for the sport. It's been fun to watch you. And uh, his retirement is officially underway after he lost in qualifiers. Elsewhere at the U.S. Open, just get ready to watch some great tennis. Uh, The entertainment factor at this year's tournament seems to be at an all-time high. They're bringing, you know, Joe Jonas was there a few nights ago. This tournament, I think, is going to be one of the best tournaments that they have, and they're going to do it without two of the big three players there. Rafa is the only guy there on the men's side out of the big three. Andy Murray is making an appearance at this tournament. He'll be there, see how far he can go. But Serena really is the talk of this tournament, and I don't know why else she wouldn't be. She's going to evolve away from the sport of tennis after this tournament, and so it's really, really you know, surreal to see her leaving the game. And I think there's going to be fans all over the place. It's going to be a frenzy all over. My sister's actually at the tournament, so I can't wait to talk to her about the experience and maybe relay that to you guys next week. But she will play on Monday night. So get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a dramatic one. It's going to be a fun one on Monday night in Arthur Ashe Stadium. She plays the early match, so get ready. Right after work at 5 o'clock, get to a TV because you're going to want to watch – Serena Williams play in the U.S. Open because one of them is going to be her last match. Well, since the episode's ending, I better tell you who I think is going to win this tournament. I, I think it's wide open on the men's side without Djokovic there. I really, really do. So I'm not completely sure who's going to win this tournament. I think really anybody could win this tournament. But I'm torn between two people, and I think I'm going to pick. Oh, I hate picking. OK, I'm gonna I'm going to pick the underdog. I'm going to go with the—I'm under- literally deciding right now on this podcast. I'm going to pick Carlos Alcaraz to win this tournament. I think he has the stamina. I think he has the grit. He's been in big situations before, and through the process of the hard court season going into the U.S. Open, he's talked about how he needs to be better in pressure moments. I think he's learned so much through that process, and I think he really has what it takes. I'm picking Carlos Alcaraz. I was going to pick Daniil Medvedev to go back and back-to-back, back, but I didn't, so I'm not a sellout. I didn't pick Daniil Medvedev, the number one seed, to win another tournament because I picked Djokovic to win Wimbledon, and obviously he was the top seed. Um, Women's side, it it really is a toss-up. I'm going to go with someone maybe a lot of people aren't going with because she's playing doubles as well, but I'm going to go with Coco Gauff. I think she can win this tournament. I think she's there. I think her quality of tennis is there. I think she absolutely can win this tournament. So I'm going to Coco Gauff to win on the women's side. I think Serena wins her first round match, and I think she loses in round two. That's my prediction. Obviously, I don't want her to lose in round two. I'd love to see Serena go to the final. Uh, That'd be a great last ride. But from what I've seen her playing, it's it's tough. It is going to be very tough and for her to play singles and doubles and not be playing a lot of tennis lately, I think just the toll is going to is going to wear on her. I'm not a Serena hater. People think I'm a Serena hater. I'm not. I'm not necessarily a Serena Serena hater. I just think the reality of it is that. The reason I didn't pick Nadal to win this tournament is cuz I think he's dealing with too many side and oblique issues. Uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to hold up in seven fit five set matches you know once he gets to the quarters starts wear and tear on his body all that stuff i don't know how that's going to hold up there's only so much you can do it's not like the foot cortisone shot whatever so not quite sure how that's going to go but he definitely can win it i i think he can win it it's going to be um, but I'm but it's not going to be easy for him and it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that moving forward last thing and then i'm gonna get out of your ear and let you actually enjoy the tennis that's coming on Monday and throughout the next two weeks in New York City. Um, I just want to give kudos to ESPN. They have given incredible uh, coverage of the U.S. Open, and especially qualifiers moving into the tournament. I think so many people don't like the sport or don't watch the sport because they can't relate to it and they don't know what's going on. So for ESPN to actually give qualifying week, give practice week, give these storylines room to breathe and room to grow – on their main channel during the day, during the week last week was incredible. And I think there's a lot of fans that enjoyed that. And so, I mean, I got to see a few matches of Christopher Eubanks, which I usually never get to see. So kudos to ESPN. I'm glad you did it. I'm looking forward to the U.S. Open. You should be too. And I'm done talking for today because I'm going to talk so much next week after week one of the U.S. Open. I think so much is going to happen this week, and I can't wait, and I'm going to let you go on that. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later.